And we're joined now by Luke from Sun and Wines in Tasmania. Good morning to you, Luke. G'day, Rich. G'day, Gillian. You've got me here. Now, uh, is it because uh, you've got a bit of a German background? How do we say your last name? It's Andre. Um, I think it's French in in origin, but yep. yeah, we've been well in Australia now for two generations, and probably five, six, seven, maybe in um, around the Ruhr in uh, sort of north western Germany. Right. Um, so. Yeah, a lot of I guess a lot of movement around Europe throughout the you know last couple of hundred years. So we've ended up there and now down in Tassie. It, it's probably so. Luke on Andre from uh, Mustang Vineyard, but also your own business, Son and Wines. I imagine it'd be a pretty tough place to live somewhere like Strasbourg, uh, you know, where you're part of <laughs> Germany and then you're France and German and France, and that probably informs their uh, culture a little bit too. I think those parts of Europe. Um, generally tend to be the most interesting like i mean look at alsace as well yeah um and then sort of those northern italian you know, friuli and um and those regions they tend to have the most interesting cultures just because it's just been a melting pot for you know particularly the last let's say couple of hundred years but you know throughout all of history basically and um yeah there's a lot of that throughout germany i suppose as well yeah a real mishmash and uh, of course you know, places in Australia are informed by that too. So you get a bit of persecution for, for the Lutherans who are sort of Silesia, which is Polish, Germany, Polish, Germany, in and out. And they all move over to Australia and settle in the Barossa and places like that. So that's kind of helped our wine industry too a little bit. I'd say so. Yeah, a lot of German names over there. And um, obviously we're, we've benefited from that with uh, good mate Nick Glatzer heading down to Tasmania a couple of uh, couple of years ago. So I think yeah. there are maybe eight generations in the Barossa, but, uh, yeah, German roots there too. I love how he, he tells a story that um, he defected to Tasmania. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I've defected and become mates with him then in that case. <laughs> oh, but you, you moved down to Taswija from Melbourne, didn't you? Is that right? Yeah, I, I grew up down here. Um, right, okay. So just in the sort of... I call it the mouth of the, the Derwent Valley, um, right. but it's sort of just where the, the river changes to the estuary, um, which is, if anyone is familiar with that area, pretty close to where um, Stefano Lubiana and uh, Derwent Estate lie, just on the banks there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, moved up to Melbourne uh, to study physiotherapy, actually, um, when I was 18, and then spent a few years up there and um, ended up coming back and been back to Melbourne and come back again. So I've sort of um, been up and back a few times, but yeah, definitely um, up in Melbourne's where I developed my interest in wine in uh, in your neck of the woods, Richard, at um, at Uncle Dance. Yeah, which which Uncle Dance did, or did you work at a couple? Where where were you? No, it was just um, the uh, Bandura store. Oh, um, yeah. I was studying out at La Trobe uh, at that time, which is when that uh, new shopping centre was sort of built and opened in the old La Rundle, um I, believe, I don't know what the uh, the term these days would be. It's but called they, Pol Polaris uh, Mall or something, isn't it? Or? Yeah, Polaris, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, the old mental asylum out there. I know that's probably not the oh, term right. to use for it these days. Wow. But apparently it's, no, they just um, pull up the loony bin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, um, we've got a few of those. Uh, a lot, you know, a lot of uh, Tasmanian history is based on some of those kinds of places as well. So um, they reckon it's one of the most haunted places in uh, in Victoria, sort of close behind Beechworth and um, yeah. And places like wow. that so uh interesting place and um 
Yeah, so I uh, learned how to push a pallet jack around and <laughs> smash uh, sparkling wines off the bottom shelf and pull everything out and clean it all up. And um, yeah. yeah, so that was my intro to the wine industry. And so you just gave up physio. You went, okay, that's it. Stayed it for a few years, but you were just, you know, taken, you were romanced by wine and you uh, and you never looked back, right? Yeah, well, I was thinking about this the other day. I think about it all the time, actually. But um, we'll think about obviously, that. Obviously, <laughs> I'd probably be better off now, and I think uh, my parents probably think I'd be better off if I was um, still in that career. But um, yeah, I, I've got a few, easier to few pay the bills. Years into the yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's a roof you can reach in that anyway. And um, obviously, your first guest today is probably uh, evidence that maybe the wine industry is a good way to pay a few bills. But um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I chucked that in in the fourth year, um, so I didn't quite finish, but. Wow. Uh, the funny thing is, and this it sounds really, you know, naff and romantic and whatever, but I found when I when I started there, like I literally didn't know the difference between like Cabernet and Riesling. Like I didn't know yeah. anything about wine. And the funny thing is, you know, it, that's only let's say 11, 10, 11 years ago. I, I wasn't sort of I was per- peripheral to this conversation, but I found myself in the room with some winemakers and, and vineyard people the other day talking about the intricacies of um, solids use and sulfur in Ramonet and Koch. And I just thought, you know, 10 years ago, I'll, it's just, you know, straight out of the head. You know, I'll ne- never drink those wines probably, but um, it's funny now to see that I'm keeping that type of company. <laughs> well, I, I, I dare say you'd actually know the difference between cabs and rieslings and whites and reds very well by now. Uh, so. so, what are you? What are you doing? I mean, Tasmania, obviously, beautiful pinots, gorgeous sparklings, gorgeous shards, gorgeous rieslings, and everything. What are you? What are you loving about about Tasmania and the varietals down there? Um, well, it's been a um, a couple of pretty challenging vintages um, viticulturally, um, probably really going back to. 19 um 19 in itself as a growing season should have been an absolute all-timer but Mm. um it was probably about this time of the year maybe a little bit later when we had a few fires spark up down in the um in the southwest wilderness in some country that had literally i think they found out that it never in history like of existing burnt before so um that all just came over and basically blanketed the south of the state like on the verge of vintage in um in smoke and basically you know ruined a fair few vineyards um not not losing vineyards but losing crops to smoke taint um Mm -hmm. and then basically 2021 22 have all sort of been pretty similar in that they've been cool wet kind of lights late starts to the season with pretty good um warm dry ends um and this year's looking a little bit the same but probably a little bit later pushing into with that wet wetness into December so a much later start but since Christmas it's been pretty good but basically what's that what that's resulted in I think is some some really like delicate but powerful wines Mm. um and it's it's I think it's um possibly changing the way or beginning to change the way a lot of us down here look at um ripeness as well so um you know Tassie's a pretty diverse region um I was out in the upper journal yesterday and it was sort of nudging 35, but down yeah. in the channel um, and the Hewan, um, further south, it's probably, you know, in the mid to low 20s. So um, it's it's diverse and it, it's sort of really hard to to pinpoint, you know, one one 
um, characteristic of Tasmania or generalise it too much, yeah. given that it's such a diverse region. And, you know, that's the argument for should Tasmania be one GI or should we break it up and um, and have our own regions? But we're not quite there yet. Yeah, I, I reckon we... So you worked with Mac Forbes a little bit, I think, and we, yep. we talk about the Yarra Valley or if you think... Victorian wine, Yarra Valley, and then upper and lower Yarra, and then you can get sub-regional. And that's what Mac did, I reckon. He put those different those different sub-regions on the map with their different soils and their different, um, you know, climates and things like that. Did Was that something you got the sense of from him when you worked with him? Yeah, that was um, an awesome experience um, for that sort of year and a bit that I was working with Mac in the vineyards. Um, you know, travelling from basic... We didn't sort of run anything down in the, the really lower part down at Coldstream. No. Uh, but we, we leased, well, we didn't lease. We bought some fruit and sort of worked with some growers down there. Um, and then obviously going all the way up to uh, Gladysdale and Wesburn, yeah. um, like that's such a diverse <laughs> yes. array, array of styles. And yeah. the, the year before that, I, I did the vintage in 18 at Oak Ridge. So I saw the, the breadth of the Yarra there as well, mm. pulling fruit in from that, um, up near that Bastard Hill vineyard all the way down to, the, the Coldstream Vineyard there at um, at, uh, at Oak Ridge. So yeah. the Yarra for me, like it's a very special place. And um, for, for a region that's not huge, it's so diverse. And I think that's that's almost the case for, for Tassie. Like you could almost break the Yarra into like three or four distinct oh, regions, yeah. you know, and call it not the Yarra. But um, <laughs> it's, yeah, the same down here. Well, Adam Foster mm. was one, I guess, I had on as well who, um, and Fozzie was talking about that as well. If you think about where he is, like in right in the south part, but still technically Heathcote, but he's more sort of two barack, and then you jump over his fence and you're in uh, Macedon. But then, like all the, mm. it's eighty kilometres to the top part of Heathcote, and he's got twelve other producers, and they're they're doing a weather project, and yeah, the variability of of those, uh, just the temperature, let, let alone the soils. So mm. I think mm. subregionality might be the next great thing in Australian wine, and Tasmania is definitely ripe for it. Uh, wh- where do we find you exactly this morning, Luke? I'm uh, well. The listeners can't see this. No. But I'm actually sitting in my brother's um, painting studio. So <laughs> right. yeah, I can um, see a beautiful painting yeah. in the background. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's a painting of Lake Margaret, which is one of the um, sort of original hydro dams um, out right out on the middle of nowhere, west coast of Tasmania. Um, so he, um, yeah, that's Josh's uh, shtick. He's a <laughs> okay. Tasmanian landscape artist. So how I, fantastic. I, I, I try to. I, I thought I'd um, give myself a nice um, background for this chat. I've got to level with you guys. I managed to get through the last four years without really doing much of this sort of online um, Zoom or yeah. uh, calls or whatever you call it. Yeah. Um, was, well done to you. Uh, yeah, and now we've pulled you into it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I'll, I'll see you, Jill, with the um, the blacked out uh, the black the. Um, it's the, the, blur, the blurry effect. But <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd put a bit of Tasmanian landscape in, into it uh, into it for you guys this morning. Uh, we're, and oh, we're quite very... often I put on the I put on the Barossa backdrop. I'll, yeah. I'll do that for you. Yeah. But yeah. Richo's got the best one, the ninety six point five inner yeah, FM the... sign. I love it. <laughs> Represent <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Australia. Yeah, well, uh, so. Like, Oh, you, you you know, I just want to I just want to ask you about your award side of things. So it's just moving away from wine itself, but obviously all all these awards are to do with wine. Um, it's just really fascinating on your website to look about look at it. So you've got you know the wine slinger awards, and you've got a few different varieties, and you've become a, quite a platform for uh, for to become a voice in the industry. So can you tell us about that whole that whole part of your uh, of your world? 
Um, yeah, so I guess my now former role actually at, at Mewstone Vineyards, I've just finished up there in right. the past couple of weeks. Okay. Um, but uh, over the past few years, we've been involved in the uh, Young Gun of Wine Vineyard Awards, which was um, a really great initiative from Rory and his team. Um, and I think sort of came off the back of throughout 2019, 2021, bit of a push from, I guess, behind the scenes um, for for the viticulture and viticulturalists um, side of things to be probably a little bit more recognised. Um, and to that point, um, I think if you can ever get Steve Faulkner from Oak Ridge on your show, he'd, he's, he'd on the, he's absolutely on the list because he, he was doing the um, – uh, oh, he did a course with a friend of mine last year, and he was like, he he would be a great guest as well. Yeah, so. yeah, he's uh, he's um, like one of the more passionate people I've I've never met him in person, but um, he's one of the more passionate people I've come across um, in viticulture. Yeah, and the the voice that that sort of viticultural Australia um, thing has uh, has has given to people all around the place. Um, because it's a pretty lonely and hard thing to do sometimes, and it's just become such a great community. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, we were lucky enough last year coming off the back of Place of Changing Winds winning Best New Vineyard, which is a pretty hard um, uh, pretty hard follow. Which yeah. you did, yeah. You know, the project that impressive. But, yeah, we were lucky enough in probably the, the last year, I think we were um, able to qualify for the Young Vineyard to, to win that prize as the best new vineyard which is anything under 10 years old in australia so um a uh, good i guess credit to the wines that we've been growing down there and obviously johnny making the wines and then the, the team we've had on the ground um growing the fruit in what i would call one of the more challenging regions to i think grow grapes in tasmania if not australia um yeah. it, it looks like the land of plenty down there. Like it's still everywhere else is pretty brown at the moment, but um, down there the grass is still pretty green. Yeah. Um, you think it would be a you know easy, perfect spot to grow grapes, but you're on uh, you're you're nearly on the ocean um, down the southern end of Bruny Island. So um, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty challenging down there. But um, yeah, very grateful that uh, that Rory and the team liked the wines and the uh, the application we put in. And how good are Bruni Island oysters? They are my favourite oysters. I just love them. Tassie oysters in general, I yeah. think. We're, right. we're just we're blessed here to have you know waterways and bays that are just really um, free and fresh and continually draining and being yeah. renewed with fresh water. So, um, from what I know about oyster growing, and I don't know much about it, that's a pretty important factor. So, um, mm. yeah, Tassie oysters. Uh, awesome. Unbelievable. And we think about some of the great chefs going around, like Tetsuya Wakudu with his wakame farm mm. down there. And we know the produce is pretty amazing, but let's get on mm. to your own project, which is called Sonnen Wines. So tell us a little bit about that, Luke. How long have you been doing that for? Um, so, yeah, that was my... Uh, yeah, we moved back down here in uh, 19 off the back of that really hot, dry summer. Mm. Um, I was out in the Yarra with Mac that year. Uh, my wife and I uh, moved back to Tassie and it was probably more to be back with our families and start our own family. And um, I'd always wanted to to start my own little label as a little side project and, you know, a creative outlet and all that sort of stuff. And and um, 
Yeah, so we, we started that in uh, 2020 was the first vintage um, and full negotiant, just buying basically fruit, begging, borrowing, stealing from um, tanks and fermenters and barrels and everything from anyone we can. And um, luckily, old mate Nick Glatzer uh, allowed me to do it in his shed and get in the way and make a mess. So um, <laughs> extremely grateful to him for giving me that opportunity. But um, yeah, then as of 21, moved down to to Mewstone and, and did that down there for a couple of years on the side in the cellar and um, just recently uh, moved into our own little space in an old meat factory in um, hey. in the northern suburbs of Hobart. So, um, yeah, just trying to have a little, you know, I think uh, these side projects are really great for people that grow and make wine because it, it gives you the opportunity to, to learn and test your own skills but also you're putting all the risk is with you so you know if you stuff it up then it's it's your <laughs> the, responsibility the you've either got to fix it or where the cost yeah exactly yeah, yeah fix it or where the cost so one of my favorite places to get wine from is uh, stewie proud you know thousand candles who i guess was just that passionate dirt guy and growing great amazing grapes and everything and then just sort of inherited this thing and he makes incredible wines do you think do you think viticulturalists in general, I mean, you've watched everybody make wine for so many years and you've participated in it, but is it a less hands-on approach, do you think, in general, or is that too much of a generalisation? Well, um, I, like, it's always been a, a something that sort of confused me about wine people in the sort of production side of, of things, um, vineyard people that don't really care for wine. And, like, don't get me wrong, end of the day, I'm not sitting down having a glass of Pinot, I'm cracking into an ice cold stubby yeah. or can. Yeah. Uh, but the palate know, cleanser yeah. is the day. It's the day cleanser. Like you know, Tassie Pinot is a great drink, but it's not overly refreshing, unfortunately. Um, but Cascade Bitter is. <laughs> Fair enough. And Cascade's still Tasmanian, right? Yeah. Well, I guess it? it's still made here, but it's owned by. Um, Asahi, I think, C U B. So yeah. right. Um, right. But I've always I've always said like the viticulture winemaking thing, from my point of view, um, it's like having a kiss without a cuddle. You need both. Yeah. You know, one doesn't really much. Oh, you just let us know so much about your personality. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it, it confuses me that some, you know, winemakers don't go in the vineyards and vice versa. Um, vineyard people aren't really wine people. So um, <laughs> I think we're definitely heading down that way. And it's yeah. probably almost not necessarily people like me coming from viticultural backgrounds to start making a bit of wine and Stu's the same. But I, I feel like there's more of the young winemakers that are starting to, you know, lease, uh, whether it's blocks in vineyards or lease old decrepit vineyards and, and take them over and sort of, go on their own journey of learning with those vineyards in restoring them um, and learning how to grow grapes because, um, you know, it's made in the vineyard. I know we say that all the time, but, yeah, um, yeah grapes don't come on the back of trucks, unfortunately. Yeah, mm. and, and I think that it's necessary to understand that the bulk of what people do buy in Australia can be that sort of more fast-moving consumer goods style of, of stuff at mm. 10 15 bucks, and that's fine. But you're never going to have a great wine at that price. It's just impossible because there's so much work that goes into farming the grapes, you know, and the, the, each season has its presents its own challenges and you have to want to grow grapes, don't you? It's not, easy, it's not an easy job, Luke. Yeah, no, like... Um... It's, no, it's not. It's, pruning it's and netting aside, why lifting, yeah. pruning and netting? The three hardest jobs in a winery and they're all in the vineyard. I love pruning. Um, 
it's uh, you know you get to touch and look at every single vine in your vineyard. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, netting and um, wire lifting, I think, can be for uh, others. Get the minions to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got some of those um, those fancy electric shears to do the things, or are you doing? Yeah, I, 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 the physio in me says that's a great idea. I, I, I do have a set, but. Um, the uh, the carpal tunnels growing on me, and um, yeah. I'd much pre- I much prefer the I much prefer the um, the soft pruning method, which allows you to use um, uh, manual uh, snips. Which yeah. I think I think um, they're much more you know mobile and agile, and you you're just more gentle on the vine in general. So and just in the minute or two we've got left, Luke. So do you have a winemaking philosophy? Is it sort of you know unfined, unfiltered, low sulfur, all that sort of stuff, or what? what? You know, yeah, just, basically. Yeah. yeah, so just yeah, so just let the grapes do the up. talking. Yeah, I, I don't really know what I'm doing, so um, I hope <laughs> they know what they're doing. The grapes. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're being well. Son and wines. Where where can we get them? Is it just to get on the Google and look at it there? Or yeah, they, get on the, the website, um, online store. Uh, distribute distribution by the good folk at Lo-Fi Wines in um, Victoria, New South Wales, yep. and Queensland. So all of the types of places that they sell their wines to, I Fabulous. suppose. And uh, thanks for reaching out on Instagram. You said you were listening to the show on the on the tractor one day and wanted to come on. And I've um, and it took a while to get you on as well, but we're, we're very grateful. Thanks for joining us on The Wine Show Australia, Luke Andre. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your weekend.